Hello, I'm Susan Dunlop and welcome to episode six of Coffee and Contemplation with Women. The idea behind this podcast series is for women from every decade of life in Australia and abroad, from 10 years to 119 years of age, to contribute their stories, answer questions, and in doing so, take some time for themselves to ponder some areas of their life they might never have or haven't in a very long time looked at. On the flip side, feedback so far has been people listening to the podcast are seeing themselves in similar shoes to their guest or having um, similar memories to uh, what the guests are bringing up. So I think so far there's been some lovely, valuable feedback. Today, we're going to meet Vera Bizova in Russia. That's good. That's okay. <laughs> Welcome, Vera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to laugh a bit. Um, so Vera is a quadrigenarian, a woman in her 40s, and I met Vera in 2017 at the Fuckett Retreat in Italy. And that's an F word I'm allowed to say because it's the name of a book. Uh, <laughs> Tom gave me the book for my 50th birthday. Uh, it was written by John Parkin, and I'd say he possibly coined the title for the first book with the F word in it. Uh, it was called Fuck It, The Ultimate Spiritual Way, and I really, really, really needed that book at the time I read it. Uh, at the time John wrote, he said at the very back of the book, come and see them in Italy. So Tom and I chose to. That's probably one of the only things we booked in our lead up to our trip. And it was such a lovely time. So as I said, that's where we met Vera. She's an absolutely gorgeous, sweet thing. And... Vera has told me in my very first conversation <laughs> with her, I like to hug. I'm like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> uh, was that the first uh, fucket retreat that you went to, Vera? No, it was. I think it was the third one, actually, um, because the first one I did was in 2014. I went to this lovely Italian island called Stromboli. Uh, that has uh, an active volcano on it, which we climbed at some point. <laughs> and it was quite a thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wasn't active at the time, though. It was active, yes, but um, there was no... There were no eruptions and such, just a lot of smoke and gas. Oh, wow. So we walked up that hill, you know, up the volcano, and there was nothing to see, just a lot of smoke and gas. And um, we managed to see a couple of sparks there, and then we went down uh, on the other side of the volcano. And then I think the, the day after that, we went to a restaurant that they have on the side of the island from where you can see the eruptions. So we had our pizzas enjoying the view, and I was like, Yesterday we went up <laughs> for like oh four hours and didn't see anything. And now you can just sit here and enjoy all this, you know, lovely view. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which, it was, which day did you prefer? Sorry? Which day did you prefer? Well, it was, it was very different because, you know, with my weight, I find it quite difficult to climb hills. But I thought I would do it once in my lifetime because you never know when you have a chance to climb a small but active volcano. So I thought, okay, let's do it. Okay. And we did. And I think that was one of the most 
<laughs> one of the craziest things I've, I've done in my life. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> but, you know, you never know when you will have a second chance to do that. So why not? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, just by way of a little bit of backstory, just before we just move on. So Vera is 45 this December, has no children, um, is Russian born in 1975. So Vera remembers the Soviet Union, Perestroika, and many other unpleasant things that went on um, in her early <laughs> years. Um, yeah. Vera works as a translator from home. Um, she has a degree in English and French, and she's also worked as an English teacher and has sold souvenirs to American tourists on a boat. <laughs> That's, that was half a year of my life well spent. It was a very well-paid holiday, I say, usually. You enjoyed that? Yes, it was fun. It was a very different from what I usually do. Okay. So it, it, was, it was a nice break. And, um, you know, we, we lived on that boat. We have this river. Uh, you know, I, I know you're supposed to call them boats in English because they're not ships. No, they're not very big. They're like three decks with, I don't know, 20 cabins on each deck. And um, yeah, it was an American company, but I wasn't part of the staff because my small company rented the shop area and the residence, uh, the accommodation from the company. So the normal staff rules did not apply to us, which was nice. And uh, yeah, it was fun. It was great. Oh, wow. So such a, such, such a different different life from my normal life, you know, working from home, living on my own. Yeah, I enjoyed it very much. And, and you've lived um, most of your life in your own hometown. In yes, that's right. I also lived in England briefly for just over two years. And, started there and you, you were saying earlier that your own hometown is a small one in terms of russia but i had a giggle because <laughs> you told me how many people that was that you, you're classifying as small so maybe give us an insight of how that all works <laughs> so yes the country i mean russia consists of what we call federal constituents if i'm not mistaken there are 89 of them and um each of them has a capital. And so I live in one of those small capitals of those constituents. So it's the biggest town in my area. It's about 300,000 people. I know it's considered quite big <laughs> by everybody's standards, but because, because we, we are sort of in the middle of Russia and we don't have much industry here, we don't have big plants or, I don't know, important factories or anything we do have a few but you know just a few you can count them with the fingers on one hand so yes and for many for many many years it was mostly agricultural that's why it's considered to be a remote provincial as i was saying earlier there's just one plane that flies from our airport to moscow twice a day and that's all and then we have a train which goes to moscow once a day and that's all. <laughs> okay. So, yes. So you, sort of quite separate, small. you feel separate? Do you feel quite separate from the mm, No, not really. Because we, we can drive to other cities 
can drive or you can take a bus to, I mean, a coach to other cities. The nearest other big city is about 80 kilometers. Then there's another one, Kazan. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's one of the three largest cities in Russia. Okay. So it's about, it's about 200 kilometers away. Which is not too much. <laughs> no. You can drive. <laughs> so, so you work from home um, as a translator. So what, what's the translator job all about? Because, I mean, obviously we say, do you need a translator? And that's probably the most we ever come across what that means. Well, for me, it's mostly sitting at my computer and uh, typing away. It's, um, you know, I get a document and I translate it from Russian to English or from English into Russian. Okay. And um, obviously you can't know everything, so I use an online dictionary, a Russian one, which is quite good. And I, do, I have to do a lot of research if, if I have to translate something that you know, I'm not familiar with, like, I don't know, oil refinery or food processing <laughs> okay. you have to you have to dig a bit into it to learn how it works to be able to understand what you're translating okay so because even just that I, I was just picturing when you told me you were a translator that it was actually more of a that you would be listening to a conversation and translating verbally backwards and forwards not writing it um, I do get a bit of that every now and then, but um, in my town, I don't know, it's probably because there's not a lot of um, things going on and that's why we don't get too many foreigners. That need, or maybe it's because I'm just more used to translating in writing, but I don't get much of that interpretation work. I don't know. Yeah, okay. No, that was just interesting. Just yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do, I, do, I do get a bit of that every now and then. Like a couple of years ago, I was asked to translate for some Dutch engineers who came to a poultry farm with the equipment. <laughs> so we spent a whole day at a poultry farm locally and that was enough to make anybody vegetarian. It was just <laughs> revolting. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, let us not go into, into details. details. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, um, when when we first started, um, you know, chatting about you coming to to do this, uh, we we did talk about. Now I did my typical send you some questions so you could have a little bit of a ponder of um, mm -hmm. you know, some thoughts, some thoughts to have so that it was easy for you. But there was a couple mm -hmm. that I asked you about that was like your earliest memory. Um, and also about you know your, one of your naughtiest things, and mm -hmm. you came back and said that it was actually made you realise that you'd actually um, could reconsider your earlier life differently by having actually pondered mm -hmm. those questions. Should I have a, a chat about that? Yeah, let's do. Yeah. So what 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 came up for you? Um. The thing, at first I wanted to tell you that I didn't want to talk about my childhood because I thought that my childhood was quite an unhappy one and I was sad most of the time. And 
uh, when you mentioned naughty things. I was not naughty. I was a quiet, obedient child. <laughs> and I, I didn't do anything which I considered naughty. And then, you know, sometimes you get punished out for no reason at all because you do your ordinary things and, and punishment comes all of a sudden. It's like, what, what did I do? I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> um, but then I thought, well, sometimes you read stories about other people's childhood and how difficult their life was when they were little. Their parents used to beat them up and, you know, they were neglected. They had to fend for themselves, find their own food, you know, wash their own clothes. I didn't have all that. My, my childhood was just an ordinary childhood, I thought. And we had some really great things as well. And we used to travel almost every summer and my parents took me to some wonderful places. Like for example, my father had a cousin, I think he was a cousin, who lived in Kyrgyzstan. You know, it's a country in Asia. Yeah. Now it's a country in Asia. It used to be one of the Soviet republics, obviously, at the time. So, you know, you didn't have to get visas or anything. You just bought a plane ticket and off you go. So, yeah, and we, we saw some wonderful places. They have a lake there. It's a cool. It's called it's in the Mountains. So you have to drive for six hours from the capital to, to the mountains. I mean, you can take a plane, but we usually drove. That was nice. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was a child. I was a child and I didn't realize, obviously, that many people did not have those opportunities. I have friends of my age who still haven't been further than Moscow, you know. Oh, wow. Um, That's the other they just, different. yeah, and, and they only went to Moscow because they had to for training or for work. So, you know, I think... I, I couldn't do that. I have to travel. It's probably because my parents <laughs> did that to me when I was little. <laughs> uh, were you a single child or did you have sisters and brothers? Ah, uh, my family history is quite a complicated one. Ah. My father was married three times. Oh, okay. So I'm his daughter by his third wife. And he also had two children by his second wife. And one child by his first wife. So there were four children for him, just one for my mom. And my brother from my father's second marriage lived with us uh, since he was 14. Um, Now he lives in Moscow, but he was with us for, I don't know, 10 years perhaps. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's... So I was an only child when I lived here with my mum. But not exactly an only child when my no, brother no, okay. no, It's, it's really that. difficult to explain. So, I, okay, I'm not an only child. I'm the youngest one. But th- those little and, journeys, and, the journeys you did were just you, you, <laughs> you alone with your parents. Yes, but the journeys we did, yes, were just with my father, mother and me. Okay. And my sister, my sister, when she introduces me to her friends, she says, this is my sister from my father's third marriage. (laughs) 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 Oh, dear. So so saying like what you were thinking about back on your childhood, 
Um, and you earlier you'd mentioned that you remember the Soviet Union and perestroika and many other unpleasant things. Did you feel that that was just normal life to you, that all that was happening? Or? Yes, yes. Because, because when you're a child, you live in, in whatever situation you have and you don't realise that things can be different. Mm. So you sort of... It's now said that the 90s were horrible, very dangerous, and people were killed you know, in the street. And, and I just lived my, my everyday life. I went to school, I went to the university and, you know, dangerous or dangerous. Okay, we were told not to get into cars with strangers. But that's normally, you don't normally do that. No, that's right, yeah. <laughs> and then, I don't know. It was very scary when that... Um, thing happened which i don't know the name in english when our um, ministers went against the president okay it was gorbachev at the time and uh <laughs> you know during the soviet times when the leader of the country died they always showed the swan lake on tv you know, so it was like like a sign. If you see the Swan Lake on TV oh. instead of all other programs, <laughs> it was like Swan Lake twenty four hours. Oh wow! So, so one so one one morning we woke up and there was Swan Lake on TV. I was like, what? What happened? <laughs> Things are going well, and then it turned out that some ministers decided that Gorbachev was not good enough, so they decided to take the power into their own hands. It was like a coup, and Gorbachev was at the Black Sea, I think, at the time, somewhere else. And, uh, yeah, for a few days we had um, tanks in Moscow, tanks in the street, I mean. Yeah. And um, it was very scary. It was like the communism was back on. Ah, uh, okay. And then, and then... And then it was over. And then another scary, scary thing like that happened when I was a student, I think. When our president again had the conflict with the parliament. And again, there were tanks in the street and people were dying in Moscow because there were military conflicts. People were shooting each other and the police was involved and the army was involved. And like, <laughs> yeah. But then again, that was in Moscow, and we are very far from Moscow. You said because you're what you're about what, 800 kilometers away. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. so yeah, we were watching TV and wondering what was going to happen, but yeah, it all turned out for the best. Yeltsin was the president at the time. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think yeah, I think the thing is for Australians particularly, like we we don't really know a lot about what that would actually feel like at the moment. We're experiencing, you know, being told some rules uh, for the first uh -huh. time, which is very <laughs> extraordinary for most of us to actually get told you have to stay in your house. Um, and you know, all this virus is going. And what, how? Mm -hmm. Even though I, have, I may as well ask you that. How's that actually going or rolling out there in um, Russia? Have you got any limitations on you that seem extraordinary at the moment? Or um, yeah, uh, the quarantine was introduced 
yesterday or the day before yesterday. And before that, we had like recommendations to stay inside. And now we are required to stay inside. Okay. And also, um, Russians are little rebels, you know. Before the quarantine, we had these, uh, like, like a week off that uh, employers were supposed to pay for. So, you know, all employees were supposed to stay inside and um, employers got really angry about that. So they, some, some of them actually said, no, I'm not going to let my staff stay at home. I'm not going to pay for one week of not doing nothing. They're going to work. So some organizations worked. And some didn't, and people went out, had picnics, bought plane tickets, and went to the Black Sea, you know. And, and then yesterday, when all these official measures were introduced, you know, they showed on TV all those people stuck in those resorts where nothing is open. You know, all the restaurants are closed, and all the, um, all the um, I don't know, parks and different entertainment things are closed like leisure centers and cinemas and things uh, can't really do anything no. so now they have to fly back somehow but but still for many people you know we we don't like being told what to do that's the problem with russians um, we like to do our own things no matter how stupid it is so if you are told to go out and do things many people will stay inside and now that we are told to sit inside <laughs> also people just want to go out oh because you're in um, you're in springtime so opposite to us yeah so yeah so would you how do you usually entertain yourself um do you get together with people a lot or is it just that you entertain yourself you mean me personally yeah just you yeah yeah well i as i said i work from home so sometimes there are days when i don't go out at all and and there are days when I just go out to the nearest shop, which is next door, okay. <laughs> conveniently. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, like, I like going to cafes and walking with friends. And basically, my favorite thing to do is to sit in a cafe and chat. Okay. <laughs> As I said, if I were paid for that. <laughs> and... <laughs> and um, yeah, and now people, well, even before the quarantine was on, we were advised to stay at home, not required to stay at home. And um, many friends just said that they were not going to join me in a cafe because they were scared. I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Your <laughs> so social was... life curtailed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's virtually non-existent anyway but <laughs> now it's completely non-existent um, so i suppose we're going to have skype parties or i don't know yeah something yeah. like that <laughs> do you do anything else otherwise like um, creativity wise to entertain yourself at home i know you've got kitty cats um, your kitty cats yes i have i have four cats and um, okay. i crochet and um, especially when i watch tv you know sort of to occupy my hands yeah. and uh, I think that's the only creative thing I do at the time. Sometimes I um, paint, but that's, you know, very rarely. I just don't have the inspiration somehow. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Do, um, do you? 
what were you gonna say do you do any creative stuff yeah. i i mean you do mosaics that yeah that's pretty much it at the moment facebook yeah, yeah i do that but um i'd like to try new things but i, I haven't tried things either for a really long time so i'm only just starting to um to pick up creativity again so mm. yeah. but i think in the next few weeks now that we are locked down here um some of that will yeah but i'm starting with a spring clean that never happened last spring <laughs> so i'm having i'm having an autumn clean at the moment and i started in my, my office today has got all its curtains pulled down so i'm pretty much sitting here in the garden looking out on the street going hello i know you can all see me but anyway my dirt if they're out they're not out so <laughs> um if you travel to one place in the world um this week without any limitations where would you go that you haven't been to already that Iceland. Ah, okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, ever since, ever since Susan, I I never really planned to go to Iceland. But then you remember Susan? We went yeah. on that retreat. Susan, and she invited yeah. she invited everyone to Iceland. So I did a bit of research and actually wanted to go at some point, but that fell through. So I did a bit of research and I looked at all the beautiful photographs of places that they have there. And the, yeah just take me to Iceland. <laughs> yeah yeah well, she, i think she's got a summer house there so you know i remember her telling me that they sit out at night time and don't even look up at the um the northern lights because it's just so normal that their sky is just always northern lights you think oh my god it's such a, a rare experience to go and see it from australia yeah, exactly exactly yeah and yes i saw your photographs and you were in snow and uh oh it's amazing you were wearing winter clothes and yeah, it was. It was, it was we, we went from a heat wave in Australia to yeah. Amsterdam, and then up to um, Norway and Iceland. It was yeah, pretty incredible. But I remember um, Susan talking about the lovely big, you know, the really fluffy horses. So they just like, no oh, right, yeah, really big, but they all huddle <laughs> together because it's so cold. <laughs> <laughs> um, what piece of advice yeah. would you give ten-year-old um, you that you wish you'd been told by your mum? Uh, well, when I thought about this, I couldn't really come up with one single advice, you know, on what to do and what not to do, for example. I just thought, I wish I had been told that I was okay, you know, and everything is okay, and everything is going to be okay, you know. But, you know, all the things that I considered bad at the time, I thought I was suffering so much. Oh. But, um, you know, it was all okay. You know? Yeah. Was your mum easy to talk to? Sorry, say it again? Sorry, was your mum easy to talk to? No, my mum... My mum was very tired all the time. And also, she had had quite a difficult life as well. She, her first child was stillborn and she had a normal pregnancy. And then because of the doctors, the child died during birth. Yeah. And I can only imagine how horrible that must have been. Yeah. And then she divorced her husband of that time and went away and met my father and they had a child and the child died when she was two because of pneumonia 
and then I was born and because my mother didn't get any support because you know I was Soviet Union what support you're supposed to be strong you're supposed to get up and go to work and um, because of that she was always sad she was always tired um, so as we would say now she was emotionally unavailable I suppose and uh, yeah I found it hard but then again when you're a child you grow up thinking that this is the way it should be. And when you meet someone whose family is different, you think, oh, I didn't know you could do it that way. <laughs> uh, yes, it's true. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, yes. And uh, that's, why, that's why I said that my childhood was not very happy because I was always wondering why things were the way they were. What, what have you done to change your life? Like, I mean, you, we've met you at the retreat in Italy and I know you were planning on getting to Turkey at some stage. Like, what, what have you done to make your life different to how um, your mum and dad led life? Um, well, I had an interest in psychology since I was 12, I think. I was constantly reading books, going to some workshops, um, training, different, different personal growth stuff. I went to different retreats. And then I found the book, the Fakir book. Yeah. I was, reading, I was reading it on the plane when I was flying to Lake Baikal, where I went on another personal growth thing. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so um yeah i thought okay let's try that and uh, it was 2013 and i wrote to them and they only had like one place left on the last retreat they had that year which was october i think and i thought no, okay let's wait until next year then <laughs> so i went in may 2014 and when I first came there I mean it's such a beautiful place Trombley it's beautiful and it was the end of May so it wasn't very hot there were no people besides us <laughs> when Perfect we first timing. Arrived, <laughs> exactly yes yeah. the, when we first arrived there was another group at the hotel um, and they were doing some shamanic practices oh okay <laughs> which was <laughs> fun to watch yeah. <laughs> so and then they left and they were just us you know and then other people started coming towards the end so yes um at the time you just go through the exercises and climb the volcano <laughs> go to the restaurant and you think yeah okay it's a retreat fine it's normal you know retreaty stuff and then later you realize that um I met some people there. Uh, one of them was, um, two of them were from Amsterdam. So later I went to see them in Amsterdam. Then, you know, we're always in touch and we're always talking and discussing things. So later you realize that your life has changed a lot after something that seemed so normal and. Uh, you know, okay, interesting and very, very pleasant, but, you know, yeah. nothing extraordinary. Then later you realize, oh, okay. <laughs> I've so, so many good things now because of that. 
Oh, yeah, and Tom and I remembered that from um, the one we went to and met all you guys. Like, it was such a strange thing to turn up to as we <laughs> version bucket retreaters for the first time and meeting all the new people that, you know, you're all from sort of, you know, from Europe or wherever. I think, oh, my God, different, what are we different countries. <laughs> yeah. But it was such a, a loving um, group of people. So I think, yeah, so it's yeah. nice actually. Um, yeah, to grow from that connection from other people outside of your usual circle, mm-hmm. isn't it? So, yeah, it's pretty yeah. special. It's lovely, yes. And one of the girls from our first group uh, was later trained as a coach. So now she's doing some meditation group on WhatsApp oh, okay. and <laughs> keep getting messages. So, so um, yeah, I joined that group. So we're doing this with some people that I don't know from other countries as well. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, it is fun, isn't it? It's, yeah. What do you feel like? I mean, are you feeling like, as terms of like decades of life, are you feeling like which decade has been your funnest so far? I think it just gets better every year, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely, uh, yeah, the last few years have been... Also, the most difficult ones as well with my parents passing. But, um, yeah, still very good. Yeah, that's quite a, yeah, it's a strange time, isn't it, when the, the parents are at that mm. stage that you're trying mm-hmm. to move on, but you realise the amount of things that you're juggling in terms of emotions yeah. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we actually, I think we should actually be finishing up soon. I have no idea when we started recording because we were chatting in our catch up uh-huh. early on so much. <laughs> I'm feeling like we could be about half an hour about now. So, how about we finish up with um, what is your favorite quote and you know, what does it mean to you? The thing with quotes is that I don't have a favorite quote, <laughs> but I have a favorite book by Richard Back. I don't know if you've heard of him. Back, B-A-C-H. Back. B-A-C-H, yes. Yep. He wrote uh, Jonathan Livingston Seagull. Oh, okay. Yep. I don't know if you... I've heard of the book, that. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So, that's, I think that's one of his most famous books. Uh, but he has written quite a few more. And uh, one of my personal favorite ones is Illusions. And that book basically consists of quotes. Okay. <laughs> so um, I can't really think of one. I should have I should have prepared the book, but I That's don't okay. have it with me. You can always you can always send it through so, to me, and I'll I'll pop it on underneath there when we actually yeah. So yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll do I'll do that. I'll look him up. Yeah, there's another. Yeah. Jonathan Jonathan Livingston Seagull. It feels like it was back at was that the 70s. Sort of era? Yeah. 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 Something okay. like that. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, we're breaking up a wee bit. What, what is your, um, what's okay. your favourite song? Oh, my God. I don't have a favourite song. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have a playlist in my phone, which is like 300 and something songs and I like all of them. Oh, really? What would be your go-to song if you just needed to get, you know, get into a a really good frame of mind? You know, sometimes you've got the most played song. I don't have a most played song as I just pop it on and if I don't like the song, I pass on to the next one. Well, we're all different, aren't we, hey? 
<laughs> some, some people go favorite song. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm slightly disappointed. I don't have a favorite song. I don't have a favorite quote. I don't have a favorite flower, a favorite animal. I don't know. I just like most things. And you were always good when you were little and everything. <laughs> um, is there anything else? Is there anything else around um, what we've been chatting about that you'd like to actually raise, or that I haven't asked? I don't know. This coronavirus thing is really complicates things, doesn't it? Yeah. Just just as we were. No, actually, the economy has been in decline for the last few years, and the international relationships, the relations have not been that good. So I don't know. Maybe it will help. Actually, I hope so. Anyway. Yeah, it might, be, it might be time for us all just to be slowing up to actually realize what the hell's going on. I think we're speeding along yeah. a lot, weren't we? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know. I just wish, you know, people could be friends and, you know, have fun together rather than fight over limited resources and other things. <sighs> things we can't change. But anyway. No. Um, do you reckon no, you'd ever come to Australia? I would love to, except, <laughs> as I was saying, well, Australia is so full of dangerous things, like spiders and snakes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it really is a beautiful country when I see photographs. Oh just I wish I could go to all those beautiful places that I see. Well we'll protect you from the snakes and the spiders and you can come and cuddle <laughs> some um, some guinea pigs and maybe check out some koala. So you're more than welcome anytime to, to come and hang I out. I would love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Thank you. Have a extra retreat down here for all the people that. Um, yes, yes. Let's do that. You're always welcome to come to Russia. Oh, true. Yes, yes. Rem- it was on the it was on the list. But, yeah. Yeah, I list. remember Tom mentioned that at some point. Yes, it was actually yeah. it was big on his list for that year that we travelled. So yeah, we didn't actually. Yeah. Um, we just we realised that the ideas were expanding far past where our money limits were. We're like, really. <laughs> They always do, don't they? <laughs> yeah, we sort of had to have a bit of a grow-up phase at some stage. I think it was just after we left you guys and we went over to um, Cinque Terre and we had uh-huh. one of those moments thinking, ooh, money's burning fast. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we laughed because it was good. But, yeah, it was very, very much yeah. a pleasure meeting you guys um, in Italy. And, yeah, yeah, it was definitely. I took away massive learning. It was, it was great. It was such a great retreat. I laughed so much. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I've ever laughed so much in my life. We just laughed all the time. It was so great. I know. That, that's the, we had this, a session in the pool with um, everyone mm. doing all mm. those things. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> it Tom, was, Tom yeah. remembers that one very much. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Floating around. <laughs> It was beautiful. I couldn't believe it. So <laughs> organic, organic vineyard in, you know, was it East, East Italy? But God, I hope they come uh-huh. through um, and get past what they're going through right now. That must be pretty horrendous. Yeah. Um, it must be very difficult for them, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's not a very happy note to end on. What did we end on this? <laughs> <laughs> Your laugh. There we go. Well, thank you for inviting me. It was a great pleasure oh, to talk oh. to you. It was so much fun. I know. It was so great. This is, I love actually getting to catch up with everyone. So um, because you are also in my first 10, 
you're, you're going to come back after the 40th. So, uh-huh. so I'm, I'm doing my practice runs. So yeah, Phil, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good that you get to be the first 10. So yeah, we'll okay. have, a, have a chat so, again later. When, um, hopefully yes, let's do that. Time, um, we get to, so. I hope so. Yeah. Okay. Well, say hello to your cats for me. Yeah, I will. Okay, say hello to guinea pigs. <laughs> I Tom Tom's out there somewhere <laughs> protecting them from the snake, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, say hello to Tom as well. Yeah, I will. I will. Okay, well, love to you, and um, yeah, we'll yeah, love to you too. Okay, yeah, bye. Nice to that. Okay, bye bye.